0: Welcome to the weekly podcast of Upper Room Christian Fellowship in Lincoln, Nebraska. Thank you for listening.
1: Good morning. It's an old saying, it's an old cliche, but still, if this was the last day of your life, how would you live? If you knew the day and the hour and the moment of your death, how would you then live? If you knew the person that you would become, would you try to change it? Would you try to make some things different? Today, we're going to look into the future as if it was today. Now, normally I have you
0: rise as we read the word of God. But we really are just going to look at one verse. So you'd be going up and then down. And since you've already been up, I won't put you down. I'll let you lounge around. And if you would, turn with me to Romans chapter 4. And we are
1: just going to look at one verse, so I will read two verses just to give us some momentum. Verse 16, I'm looking at chapter 4 of Romans.
0: Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure To all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations and the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Let's pray. Father, my prayer is for all of us to see something and to know something, to know the truth of who we are, whose we are, and how we look to you. My prayer, Lord, is that this message would be life-changing for all of us, to understand a truth that really does pass understanding but really it's looking into Your eyes to be at rest, but also to be able to stand firm. Bless the time as we're in Your Word. Bless the time as we chew on it. Bless the time as we pray Your Spirit work this into our hearts and our lives. And it's in
1: Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it's an interesting verse.
0: It's a powerful verse, really, if you unwrap it. See, if you notice, it says, As I have written, I have made you a father of many nations. Notice the tense. It's perfect. It's describing an action which is viewed as having been completed in the past. And you might say, well, of course, we could look back and Paul's quoting this and saying, you know, this is what happened. That Abraham became a father of many nations. But what he's doing is he's quoting Genesis 17:5, which says this. No longer shall your name be Abram, exalted father, but your name shall be Abraham, father of many, or father of nations. For I have made you, past tense,
1: a father of many nations. It's done already, Abraham. It's already happened. When Abraham had this spoken to him, at this time
0: only Ishmael was born. Not Isaac. Isaac was the child of promise, but God still speaks this promise in the past tense. Even though it hadn't happened yet. So certain was God's promises, it was good as done. Now, what's interesting is that it is written, because it just seems so, I don't know, I just think back to um, <clears throat> the Ten Commandments, the movie. And I'm trying to think of the quote that Yul Brenner always said, but I think it was, as it was spoken, so it shall be done. But we can say, as it is written, so it shall be done. And it's, if you will, in the Bible, this phrase is actually used 78 times, 18 in the Old Testament, 60 in the New Testament, 25 times in the Gospels, 16 of those times, Jesus is actually quoting. Here's some of them. Jesus says this. Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. In John 6, he says this, It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. In Scripture, it says that Jesus was, in Revelation, He was crucified from the foundations of the earth, meaning it already happened in God's eyes. It was already done. Sixteen times it is written, is spoken of in Romans. Let me read you a few of them. One of them we've already read in chapter one. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Later on in chapter eight, he'll say this. As is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Oh, that sounds depressing. But then he goes on and says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him
1: who loved us. It is written. And later on, in chapter 10 of Romans,
0: he says, And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace who bring glad tidings of good things. Now, 19 times in the rest of the Bible, it is written is mentioned. I will only quote one. It's in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. And if you see that there is a story written here, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. He took that penalty upon Himself for us. It is done. It is written. He has done these things. It has been accomplished from the foundations of the earth. God already had a plan. God already knew what He was going to do. As Romans 15.4 puts it, Whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have
1: hope. Hope, biblically, is the expectation of good. Do you have that hope? Some of us get beaten down from everyday life. It's everything that happens
0: in our lives, we question things. Maybe even doubt them. Am I really saved? Does God really see
1: me? Does God really know? Does God really love me? Does God, you fill in the blank. Does God care? Now, in verse 17, going on, it says, In the presence of
0: him whom he believed, Abraham believed God, who gives life to the dead. Now, if we were to jump down to verse 19, we would see something. That the deadness of Sarah's womb and his own self, bring him back to life. That he believed God's promise. That even though it was dead, seemingly, I mean, Sarah was 90 almost. I mean, goodness gracious, she's old. Uh, we kid a lot, my wife and I, about having kids now. If it was to happen, we'd be going, Oh my goodness. Because <laughs> there's so much energy taken with kids, you know. Can you imagine being 90 or Abraham was 100? Dead. Dead was reproductive of his body and Sarah's. But still, he believed God who gives life. Now, it makes sense because, again, we read earlier in verse 3 of chapter 4, for what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. For taking God at his word is what made Abraham righteous. He believed God. And really, if you will, that's what made us righteous too because we believe. We didn't see Christ live. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed, and that's us. We believe. And because of that, we are declared righteous in Christ. But there's something else to take note of, is that in Hebrews, it says this, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up his son Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received in a figurative sense. Now, think about this, is that Abraham was told to offer up his son Isaac. Now, not to go into the long story of this, but think about this. Here's the son of promise. God says, okay, here's the son, and through the son, you're going to be blessed, and you're going to bless all nations. And he believed God. And then Isaac comes, even though the deadness of their own womb, the reproductive system, but God says, okay, good news, bad news. Good news there is. Isaac, the bad news is, and I want you to offer him up as a sacrifice. Now, don't get this picture that Abraham's this age of nine, you know. Hey, Father, where are we going? Going Well, well What? we got the sticks and the fire, but where's the sacrifice? No, he was probably 20s, 30s.
1: Some believe he was 33 at this time. Is that Ring a picture? So Isaac, a big,
0: strong, strapping young man, and there's Abraham. Okay, we're going to go up
1: the hill. See, Isaac allowed Abraham to tie him to that altar. He was trusting his father. His father was trusting God. That even if he slayed Isaac,
0: he knew God promised that through Isaac, through
1: Isaac, humanity was going to be blessed. So he recognized something. This was a God problem, not his. His was just to obey.
0: Now, before you start saying, oh, that's horrible. God didn't really. This was a test of Abraham. Because God didn't want a sacrifice. God doesn't want human sacrifices. I remember having a conversation with somebody. How can you worship a God that commit, has somebody sacrifice his own son? And Isaac. It's like, no, that's not what happened. But it was a picture for us that God would sacrifice his own son and he did
1: not withhold the knife. For you and for me, God. So it is written, I have made
0: a father of many nations in the presence of whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead. And then the rest of the verse goes, and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. See, God called Abraham a father of nations before the child of promise was even born. How far God's perspective, was Abraham ready as a father? Was all this going to happen? And how was this going to happen? In Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes chapter three verse fifteen is a very deep verse. Now if you want to turn there, you can, but I'm going to quote it here. And really it takes a couple times to read it for us to really to sink in. But Solomon said this in Ecclesiastes three fifteen that which has already been and what is to be has already been. And God requires an account of what is past. See, what the verse is saying is that what, has, what we're living through right now has already been.
1: God's already seen it. It's already done in his perspective. That's why God knows everything you think.
0: Everything you say, it's been already done in God's perspective. He sees it all. Now, there's a lot of illustrations we can use, but I'll just throw this one at you. When I was a kid, on New Year's Day, I can guarantee you something. See, that was back when there was only three major channels. I know young people are gasping, but that's all there was, was three major channels. But see, I lived near Hollywood, so we actually had four extra channels. But still, sticking with the three major channels, what they would do on New Year's Day is that they would show a parade. A parade that's fairly famous. It's called the Rose Parade. And see, the Rose Parade is in Pasadena, where my parents grew up in that area. So it was something that my mom would always want to watch. So it was always on TV. Now, what was interesting is that when before anybody else got up, because usually the the parade started around, I don't remember, I'm going by memory, I think it was 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning, which I was an early riser, so every channel you would turn on the major channels, there's a the parade. They would all be covering it. Now, what was funny was that you could see from the different angles where they were. Meaning, what I would do is I'd flick it around to the three and see where the, their cameras were, and you would see a, a float go by... And then you turn to the other channel after the float went by and there, oh, there's the float again. And then you'd find out where they were. And if there was a float you liked, you would, you know, after you saw it one time, you'd flick it over and see it the other time. And that's before young people, we didn't have clickers. I remember I was my dad's clicker. Boy, get over there and turn its
1: channel, whatever. We had to actually go physically to the TV. Now you guys have these big screens.
0: Most of us at the very beginning had like these 13-inch screens. I remember when we, my dad bought a new color television, because ours was black and white for years. Uh, yeah, black and white, that's what we had as a TV. And I remember this TV, and actually this one was a little bigger. This is a console, which means it was actually furniture with a tube in it, right? And I remember <laughs> when my dad finally decided we needed a new TV, was the thing that would start fizzing out. And how you start kind of just denying it and everything would go like this. And then you'd have to smack it on the side to refocus it. And I remember one Saturday morning trying to watch these cartoons, because again, I was the early riser watching these cartoons. The thing is, the TV was right next to my parents' bedroom. So I'm sitting there trying to watch, I don't know, Scooby-Doo or something, and I'm watching the thing, and it keeps going, and I go, bam! I did this probably about five or six times. Finally, my dad and you might trust me. When my dad woke up, if you woke him up as like a bear out of hibernation, man. I mean, you want to run is what you wanted to do. I had nowhere to go, though. Here was this, all I felt, you could feel his presence, and you're like. And my dad said, and he had this deep voice, Boy, you hit that TV one more time, it's going to be the last time you hit something. I was like, yes, sir. So the last of the cartoons I was watching were going like this. So I just went with my head like this. It didn't work. I tried. But again, the thing is about the parade, that's what I was talking about, was actually the parade, was being able to flick it around. But every once in a while, what it would do is it had the blimp. And the blimp really didn't go all the way up. It did sometimes, but really not that far. But you could see the parade a little longer, Okay. And you can see where the, everybody, the marching bands and everybody was. Now, if you will, life is a parade. Time is a parade. Better. Time is a parade.
1: But see, from God's perspective, He can see it all. From the beginning to the end. Whereas you and I see that
0: one clips of a moment, God sees it all played out. So those things that seemingly don't exist, in His eyes, exist. Now, this gets really deep for you and I, because understand a few things. Known to God from eternity are all His works. His plan was already laid out and planned out. And part of that plan is, listen to this, for whom He foreknew, in the parade He saw you and me, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these also he
1: justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Past tense.
0: Meaning, in God's eyes, you are justified. In God's eyes. You are not just justified, you are sanctified, you are holy. You are made righteous before God and you are holy before Him. You don't feel like it, do you? Neither do I. But it's not based on your feeling. Because it is written. Ours is just to say God does it. That He can take what seemingly does not exist as if
1: it does. But wait a minute, you're also glorified. What does that all mean? Well, let's take a little trip here. Stay with
0: me. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11,
1: Paul says this, Sin such, In such some were you, sinners, but you were washed, past tense, but you were sanctified, past tense, but you were justified
0: in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. In Ephesians, Paul writes again, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Jesus Christ is up in the heavenlies. you with me? Later on in the same book, Ephesians chapter 2, he says this, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What does that
1: mean? How are you glorified? You're already in heaven. Let that sink into your heart. What does that mean? You make it! You're already there. You're seated there with Him. All the struggles and the stress
0: and everything else that we go through down here, the whole point is, is you are already there in his presence, in his heart, in mine's eye. You've made it. See, scriptures like that make sense now. When Peter says something like, be holy, God says, for I am holy. What does that mean? It means basically... God who sanctified you is holy. You now are made in God's image in the sense through Christ now, not just through Adam, but through Christ. So he sees you as holy, so now act as holy. God has given you the power to do so, and me also. Now, again, the first thing you're saying, well, that's the last thing I am, is holy. Remember something, you've been washed. You've been justified. You've been sanctified.
1: God already sees you glorified. You have victory. You made it. Now start acting like it. When you use the old illustration. I just remember
0: my dad used to play this trick on this naive guy. But he would never, I can't tell you how many times this happened with this guy. But at least two or three times from my memory. But they used to, you know, especially like Saturday, they would play the the football game on TV, and the score would be done. And then he would go over to his friend's house, and then they would sit down and watch it. He was not a big sports fan, but he would see who the teams were playing, and the guy would, you know, usually say, oh, so-and-so is going to kill them. And my dad says, you want to make a bet? Even though the game's already been played, you want to make a bet? Well, sure, I'll make a bet. And then they make a bet. My dad, just sitting back, even though the score is bad at first, my dad just sitting there. And then he would win. And the guy would be, oh, I can't believe it. And my dad would go, no, I don't want your money. I was just kidding. And then he explained to him. He did this about two or three times. Hey, gang. Not that we're saying wager on yourself, but understand something. You've already won. Not because of you, because of him. He already
1: planned it out. What would you and I do? We believe. What does that give us? Victory. It's important right now in this day and age. There's a darkness. Darkness that's overwhelming. A darkness that's taking so many believers down. It's important for us to grasp this truth. So we can understand God
0: has us in His hands. And nothing on this earth can take us out of
1: His hands. But we can be deceived. Deceived that you're not saved. Deceived by your own feelings. Deceived by your own thinking. That's what the enemy likes to do understand now the spirit in timothy says
0: expressly says that in the latter times some would depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons in second thessalonians chapter 2 it says the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of satan with all power signs and lying wonders and with all unrighteousness deception among those who perish Because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this is the reason God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie. In 2 Timothy chapter 13 verses 14. But evil men and imposters will, listen now, please understand this. If you're expecting the world to go back to a better place in this generation, in this era, it ain't happening. The righteousness that must come can only come through Christ. And saying that, now listen, evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured
1: of, knowing from whom you have learned them. You're saved. God's got you. There's so much deception going on right now. I don't know if you're aware of this, but they're having AI rewrite the Bible to be all inclusive. They're not
0: picking, they're not doing it with the Quran or any Hindu literature or Buddhist literature or anybody else's literature. It's the Bible. If that doesn't show red flags, I don't know what does. There's also those people that are excited about it. They're already praying to AI, if you will. They believe that this artificial intelligence is the answer to all humanity's problems. And you say, how can people be so gullible? Well, if you think the cat's getting back in the bag, you're wrong. I don't even know what that means. Does the cat ever get back in the bag? I don't know. But the thing is, it's never going to go back to the way it was. It's not. It can't. Why? Because evil... Progresses, darkness is overwhelming
1: in this world. Maybe you sense it, maybe you feel it. Maybe you too have
0: feelings of doubt because there's aliens, you know that, right? Because there's other people that believe that aliens are going to bring us into a world peace. That the aliens have answers, then there's the opposite that feel like the aliens are going to attack us. Well, I'm not really, I know you're looking at me like, no, this is, this is mainstream stuff that's going on. You know that, right?
1: This is amazing how this stuff is being reported. People are afraid. Not only that, but the occult is taking wings. People are
0: expecting to hear from the spirits, from the aliens, wisdom and understanding, AI, give us the truth. Help us to figure out the problems. The world's coming to an end. You know that, right? If we don't do something now, then there's no hope for humanity. We all must come together. Put our differences aside. Embrace each other. Regardless of your color, your skin, where you live in this world, Your religious beliefs. No, we all, as the goodness of humanity, must come to humanity together and say, we must do whatever it takes to survive. We must do whatever it takes for our children. We're becoming spoiled little brats that don't know how to work. Oh, I said it. I'll say it.
1: Is that all of you? No. I know some of you are young. Some of you are great workers. Stay at it.
0: But I've never understood anyone that doesn't understand the simple truth. It's because the con- really the, the controversy of who I am and what I am has become so overwhelming, especially with these young people. Depression and suicide is up at an enormous rate because they don't even know who they are. And those are the basic questions. Who am I? What am I? What am I doing here? And now the confusion of what gender I
1: am add to the mix of everything else. The world is shaking right now. And if we
0: go by just our feelings, what happens is that we get shaken in our faith.
1: Because, see, we're being indoctrinated constantly, you and I. Because part of us says, why can't we all just get along? Wouldn't it
0: be better if we just was a global world? There'd be no more war? Imagine, if you will. No heaven above, no hell below. Imagine. Imagine us just living for today. A people would live in peace and harmony. We all can join hands
1: and sing together in harmony. There's only one major problem with that, and that's the sinful nature of mankind. To you and I, we have something else.
0: It's been shown to you and I, a truth.
1: A truth that God has seen you from the past into eternity. That you are His children. And He comforts us. He encourages us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul says this. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God,
0: nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, we shall not all die, but we shall all be changed. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the last trumpet, For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where's your sting? Hades, where is your victory? The sing of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What's he saying? This is in a moment... And the twinkling of an eye will all be changed. We've been given victory in through Christ. What He's conquered death. He's made us righteous and justified before Him. We are sanctified. We have a place
1: in heaven. A seat with our name on it. Therefore, even though
0: we can say there is incorruption around us, Stand firm. Stand firm in your faith. Stand firm in the promises of God. Understand that the promises of God are yes and amen. Understand for all the promises of God in Him are yes. And in Him, amen. To Christ be the glory of
1: God through us. It's already done. You're already there. But to
0: put our heads in the sand or to allow the enemy to continually confuse us plays right into his game book. We all need to acknowledge that God is true and he knows the past from the beginning, tomorrow as if it was yesterday. That God knows your name and my name and he's called us. Knowing that even though there's times that we feel like that there's just So much damage in us that there's no way that we can make It's to understand that even in the things that seemingly don't exist, in God's eyes they already exist. It's done. So if you will, we can be as Abraham. Not just to believe God and it justifies us, but also to sacrifice what we hold dear on this earth, knowing that
1: God will take what we give him And give life. So that there's nothing on this earth holding us back. And that we're able to walk in victory in Christ Jesus. Because he already sees us home. Complete. Perfect. So as the enemy may holler and howl.
0: Darkness may be seemingly encompassing all things.
1: But there seems to be no hope for humanity. We know differently. See, we
0: know that He already had a plan out. And it's working out according to His will. And for that, we can say yes and amen. And for that, we understand that His Word is eternal. Because see, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words, he
1: says, by no means will pass away. As it is written, it shall be done. And for us, it's also to remember something. Blessed
0: is he who reads those who hear the words of this prophecy
1: and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near he wins for as much as the darkness may come the son of righteousness shall come and as it says in the Psalms you should kiss the son lest he grows angry he shall reign and you my brothers and sisters shall reign with You're forgiven. And we need to walk as though we are forgiven. You're sanctified.
0: So we need to walk as though we are sanctified.
1: We are loved. I could hear it. I was singing it too. God loves you. It's hard for us because we go by feeling so much. See, God says, I said it. So embrace it. To live in it, I love you. I will never leave you I will never leave you nor forsake you. It is written. I am with you always, it is written. Through the valley of darkness, it is written. Through the days of upheaval, it is written. Through tribulation and sorrow, it is written, through victory and glorification. It is written. Let's pray. Father, there's not one among us that have not doubted or failed in this. Lord, forgive us for not taking you at your word. It's hard, Lord.
0: We all admit it's hard to live just by faith. But Lord, you said if we had. (laughs) If we had the faith of a mustard seed, we can say to this mountain, remove hence into yonder place and it shall be done. Lord, we give you our little faith. But in the hearing of your word, our faith, we know because of your word, it is written, shall grow. Let our faith grow. And I pray for each of us here this morning that as we've heard your word, Lord, that our faith would grow in you. Our trust in you. Our belief in you. Our knowledge of You. To embrace what You have already given. And to live our lives as those that have been blessed.
1: With the gifts of eternity. Lord, help us to stand fast. Help us to stand firm. And help
0: us, Lord, to be a light in this dark world. Of standing firm in Your truth. Because He who has promised is
1: faithful. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.